I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a smooth soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. And that's when Patrick, the idealionaire, uh, plays songs that are intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who might have had a tough weekend. Uh, that was, uh, huh? it was, it was actually not a tough weekend for Texas baseball. Could have been a better weekend for Texas baseball. But hopefully it will be a great Monday because Texas baseball taking on Stanford tonight. You'll hear it live right here on 1049 The Horn, 645 pregame. Craig Way on the call. And uh, we'll break that down a little bit more for you. Speaking of, uh, Hardball breaks Hardball down better than anybody I know. Uh, what you got coming up for the people on Harsh Knock Life? I'm going to talk a little bit more about the baseball that we saw this weekend uh, as far as the Texas Longhorns. But I'm also going to talk about some of the teams that have made it to Omaha already. Ooh, I've been hearing about these Wake Forest Demon uh, yeah. Deacons. Oh, lordy. Yeah. Grown folks. Yeah. Grown folks. Uh, you're going to talk about them, I'm sure. Older that. team, though. Remember that. Are they really older They're team? They're an older okay. team. Vets. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got some 50th seniors yeah. on there. Got, a, some, got quite a few. Uh, some COVID uh, holdovers. Yeah, from they, they the made COVID it work years. for themselves. Uh, yeah, that is, uh, that's wild. But you, you uh, I love the stat you gave that um, out of Texas and Stanford. There will yep. be. Right? The only ones returning back to Omaha That's from great. last year's team. The only people great, that are yeah, probably yeah. upset were the people that had that, them shots. Remember they were keeping the tally? <laughs> but don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. LSU's coming. Oh, They're going to get that right. tally what for them shots. What restaurant was that? It was like a restaurant, uh, right? Was, yeah, I think it was like an uh, like Italian this, restaurant. That's one of their bits. And they're doing that again? Is that yeah. every oh, year? Oh, yeah. That, I'm that sure it's going to happen. Well, yeah, why yeah. wouldn't it happen? They make here, a ton of money on people buying comes, lots of shots. And here comes them raging Cajuns. Are they jello shots or just regular shots? What are these shots? Are we I, don't, I don't remember if they were regular shots or not. Okay. I think they were jello shots. I think they were jello. Yeah. Yeah. Jello is a little safer than regular shots. You know, I can't do it. Why? What? Because you can, you now, can it dilute them. They're, yeah, they're less alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. Regular shots. You take that, miss a lot of shots. The jello shots, you can just put a little dab of alcohol in there. And nobody really, because you can't taste the alcohol in jello shots anyway, unless yeah. you put a gratuitous, copious mm-hmm. amount in there. And then you're doing it wrong. You ain't supposed to make it taste yeah. a lot of alcohol in your jello shots now. Come on. Yeah. No, you're supposed to be able to take a bunch of them. Yes. And be like, I did like 20 jello shots and not. <laughs> and not be falling over it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Totally the place, wasted. The place is yes, called exactly. Rocco's. Yeah. Rocco's. Okay. The See? Jello Shot Challenge. So, yes, it is. Okay, Jell-O now explain shots. the Jello Shot Challenge. The, the- so, each team that comes in there, uh-huh. you, whenever you got to take these shots, and last year, don't forget, don't forget, 
Arkansas was by far. So who whatever fan base buys the most shots, yes. that's who wins that's their challenge. That's who win the challenge. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah, this seems like yeah, yeah the, only the bar wins here. No <laughs> doubt. Well, and then people who don't actually buy it, you win too because then you can just drink Jello shots. You're gonna be Jell-O right there with the your whole friends. Damn day, just with kicking. your friends. Yeah. Do you yeah. Have, yeah. Okay. Look, Texas Longhorn fans, I'm sure, will be. They are ready. In the running to, they're there. ready to be in the running they're right ready now. Ready to compete. They need that. Yes, we do. All right. Yeah. So a good mojo for Texas baseball. Hearts gonna break that down a little bit more for you. Uh, the Rangers actually had uh, dropped their series versus the Rays over the yes, weekend. Yes, they did. That was in. Uh, in Florida, right? That was mm-hmm. in in Tampa. That was in Tampa. Yeah, yeah. So, they're I mean, a good home team. Exactly. By the way. Well, yeah. these, both of these teams are really good. But you're right. That's so. That's to me. If I'm a Rangers fan, uh, I mean, that's yep. nothing to be uh, upset about. That's, uh, that's lock that, in. That's that, was, that team at the best start to any team in Major League Baseball. And as Harsh mentioned, they're a really good team on the road. All right, uh, but we'll talk Texas baseball coming up later on, and we're going to talk about it in Harsh Knock Life coming up next segment. By Jill- the way, oh, sorry, Arkansas had eight thousand six hundred and seventy-two Jello shots. Last Hold up, so how many again? Eight thousand six hundred and seventy-two. Yeah, that's how many they had. How many did they consumed? Four dollars. Four dollars and fifty cents each. Whoa! Hold up. What? Yeah, four dollars and fifty cents. Four dollars and fifty for a Jello shot. Four hundred. Four. Uh, four dollars and fifty cents per yeah. Jello shot. Yeah. Yeah, they better have alcohol in it. Yeah, now I'm gonna need my alcohol. Yeah, I'm gonna need. I thought it would be cheap. Hold on, hold on. It's supposed to be cheap. Hold on, miscalculation no by them. your boy. Miscalculation. Oh, okay. oh no, it's still four dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> but Ole Miss, Ole Miss had eighteen thousand. Yeah, eighteen. By Ole Miss I would love to year. know how many they actually consumed out of 18,000. This, how many? this, is, this is, is everything that is wrong with those. college sports. Don't pay the players. Here, everybody, let's buy Jello shots with a, what, $3.75 markup on them? Yeah. Easily. Easily. Yeah. These guys are buying boats <laughs> because you've got to prove that you like your t- Just pay, give the players the money. <laughs> give, the player, just give the players the money. Uh, Y'all yeah. serious with this? Yeah. No, you're right. That is, that's, the dumbest. Four fifty. I thought they were like a buck a piece. No. It, it's a it's a brilliant idea by this uh this restaurant or whatever. Yeah. Brilliant idea. And they got, they gave money will always blow my mind. <laughs> and I and order, it is a pizzeria. It is I, a pizzeria. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't order one if my friends were like, hey, we're all gonna be like, nah, I'm good. Four fifty for Something I don't like anyway. Four fifty. That's pretty. Is, is, is Give me that, a regular shot. Has inflation hit that? Or is that pre-inflation? That's pretty. No, no, that was pre- that was last year. That was last year. That was last year. Inflation's season. been going yeah. on. I wonder if that just going up a little bit. Yep. Four fifty though. Four fifty. Four fifty. Yep. Wow. That is crazy. I know Jello shots used to be fun because they were so cheap. Yes. It was like oh nine ass in Jello shots. Let's do it. See, somebody said went last year. It was a rip off oh. of four fifty. Yeah. <laughs> hey y'all. True. Any Texas <laughs> when Texas wins tonight, we're gonna say win Texas wins. Tonight. I like yep, that. Yep, yep. Uh, when y'all go, no, no shots, not one. Too late. Don't they buy doing one. They're Don't doing buy it. a single place nah, for this. This is it. horrible. Texas won fund. Some <laughs> <laughs> better athletes. So let's go there win a go. national championship. Great point. Instead of you, we want to win this or the national championship. Texas won fund. fund. Dot org. Come on. Dot org. Texas won fund. Dot org. That's a great commercial. I'm sure that Will, Will's appreciates that man. That's a great commercial. Great. You're right. I totally agree with Patrick Stevens. There. Do I want to? Do I want a five star recruit? Or this <laughs> stupid restaurant to be to be buying a yacht because we drink the most of a bad drink. Uh, yeah, no, a terrible drink actually too. Man, wow. Okay, anyway, glad we got educated on that. No doubt. Uh, we'll talk some more college World Series and talk about how uh, Texas is gonna win Game Three of that series versus Stanford in the Super Regionals. All right, let's get into this uh, story. Uh, it originally comes from Athlon Sports. 
but I got it via 247 Sports because they are the ones who were able to kind of extrapolate this from their uh, their, their preview because they do previews for every team around the country and they do a really extensive one. So uh, they basically get anonymous coaches from the different you know mm-hmm. conference teams to talk about one another. And here is what the conference anonymous coach had to say about Texas. Quote, they could get scary good if Quinn Ewers plays the way he's capable of. They're really close to connecting it all on offense and playing up to that standard of a Sark team. Losing Bijan is a serious blow, no doubt, but this is the kind of scheme and the kind of roster where you uh, just adjust to the other talent. You don't try to fill a hole. There's so much talent there at tight end and receiver that they're going to burn some teams. Mm. Quote. Mm. Can I can I go back to one part of this? Come on. It says they're really close to connecting it all on offense and playing up to that standard of a Sark team? What's the standard of a Sark team? I mean... He's like a... He, he, I, he, he won I, like I, 50... <laughs> no, 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 I'm not trying to I know to you're not, like, I know you're not going like, that coach, Steven. I know. Uh, he's like, what are you talking about a Sark team? We, 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 we're betting on Sark that he is about to flourish, that he is about to hit kind of the zenith of his skill set as a coach. right? That's, that's what we're betting on, that Texas talent with the support... Uh, with the Holy Trinity of Hartzell and Kevin L. Tyfe and CDC behind him, that now he'll start to become the elite coach that he's capable of being. He's got that that raw skill set. But, I, I mean, he's I, like a 55% winning coach. I think so what, what they're trying to say, team. I think it's when he was the offensive coordinator for Alabama. That's I think not a that's Sark what, team. That's a Saban team. But it's his Sark offensive team. Oh, Maybe that's I'm trying to help him out. I'm trying to help him out. We don't want no no no. Yeah. We don't want that. We want we we want something we haven't seen from Sark yet. I knew it. I knew that's right? where it was going. Something we have not it. seen from him yeah. yet, which is him now taking uh transcending to the next level as a coach, and now a coach that can not only uh compete for a championship, but that can beat other elite coaches and win the chess match within the game. That is what he's not proved yet. So obviously I'm being a little nitpicky, but um, just standard of a Sark team. Nah. No, standard of Texas football. Well, when Sark can live up to the standard of Texas football, which is playing for championships. Standard of Sark, what are you, is that, what are you talking about? He's not double-digit games as, coach. I'm going to go standard of Sark as an offensive coordinator at USC saying. and Alabama. Yes. That's, where, that's okay. where I was going. And yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta's offense was pretty potent, too. They were with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Well, he had some love, too. You know, he, he, they, they, they were, were okay, okay there, but, but that was that was when they were starting to go down, and that's when yes. Dan Quinn got fired in it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, um, it's, the offense is, is – now I'm going to sound like Mike McCarthy here. The offense can <laughs> be great, but I want to win some games. Yeah. I want the W's, baby. That's all that matters. That's all that matters is the W's. At this Just point, win the games. You lead the country in scoring and win eight games, and your job is on the line. Very true. Here at Texas. That's Very the reality. True. Yeah. All right, you win 10 games, compete for a Big 12 title, and you're top 20 in scoring. Everybody's like, great mm-hmm. year, awesome year. Let's sign them, let's re-sign them, sign them to an extension. Let's keep it going. Yeah. And with the, the Jokic mentality. 
Yes. Hey, you got a <laughs> I don't care what 10. happens. Let's I just don't win. Care. That's right. <laughs> just give me the dub. Yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of you know. So I, listen, I, I know this, the offense is going to look great. I think the offense is, is really going to be potent. But let's try to win these games. Let's get the dubs. That's where I'm at with that. And yeah. so when you hear about that, and this is something that you've been talking about for quite some time. They've been saying that they're close to hitting those 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 p- passes, really, because yes. we've been missing the deep ball. Yeah. And if they get the speed right and they get things lined up, this team can be very exciting to watch. It, at times last year, it was exciting to watch. Now you're going to have to adjust, and we believe that they can when you don't have Bijan. But That's you also point. look at this team and you say, we, there's plenty of weapons. I know we hadn't really got into the conversation, but – A.D. Mitchell has been a problem already yes, on is. campus. Yep. You got X-Men who we found out late in the year he got a busted hand, mm. but his hand seems to be healthy. I've seen the videos. I've seen videos <laughs> of what uh, young Jonte Cook has been able to look like yeah, at practice. Cool. I like him. And then you're also talking about Isaiah Nayor. I mean, things – and let's not forget our man J.T. Sanders – Ranks number two behind Brock Bowers at tight end. So you have plenty of weapons, those weapons that you've seen at USC and you've seen at uh, Alabama. Now let's see if we can get it to all mesh because those teams, the one thing about those teams we were talking about, Alabama and USC, they had veteran and great quarterback play. Yeah. Great quarterback. That's going to be, I know I totally agree with the statement here that Texas is going to go as far as Quinn Ewers, right? Yep. Texas ceiling is based on the ceiling of Quinn Ewers. 100%. It's just that simple as a team. And I think we all believe that Quinn Ewers' ceiling is really high mm-hmm. and that he's going to take an exponential leap from last year to this upcoming year. And he has to because Texas won't have, you know, they won't have Bijan, they won't have Rojo. So you won't have your best leader. He's at the natural leadership position. So he has to be the leader, whether he wants to or not. He's the guy that everybody's going to look to. And in addition to that, your best player, who's also one of your best leaders, but Rojo was the leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but on top of that, your best player, which is Bijan, you lost him. And you know, like I said, the last time I saw that running game, <laughs> without Bijan yep. and without Rojo, your best player and your best leader, I mean, you average less than three yards per carry. Now, I know there are extenuating circumstances and injuries, and I get all that, but I'm going to need Sark to up his game mm-hmm. and add more innovation and creativity. And even though you lose Bijan and Rojo, you lose the training wheels on the offense, the running game cannot take a precipitous drop off a cliff. Cannot nosedive. It cannot be a non factor in the game. Can, does it need to be elite like it was last year on the Bijan and Rojo? No, no. But it still has to provide balance to the offense and help out Quinn Ewers um, when the, the offense is becoming too predictable. So there's a lot. Honestly, the two biggest strides that need to be made for Texas to, to win a Big 12 title and to be in a national discussion all right, for the playoff would be, because they win a Big 12 title, they should be at least in that discussion. It's going to be Sark taking his game to the next level and Quinn Ewers taking his game to the next level, and they are uh, inextricably linked. That is very true. They are that, that that's it. If Sark goes to the next level, so does Quinn, and then Texas will as no question they will. But like and I always give this stat. If you look at Sark versus coaches that win sixty percent of their games, that's to win to get to the Hall of Fame. That's the win judgment at area. least sixty percent of the games. That yep. means you're they consider a good coach. Right? They're 
They they probably have to change that for Mike Leach. He's at fifty nine point five. They yep. probably should just round on up. But and Sark is right below that. So Sark is creeping his way up to getting in that category. But when he faces coaches who win sixty percent of their games, his winning percentage is around forty percent. Mm-hmm. And when he faces coaches that win less than sixty percent of their games, his winning percentage is around seventy five percent. He's got to learn how to win the chess match within the game versus really good coaches. All right? Yep. And when he faces really good coaches, that's where he struggles at times is the chess match. Gundy, good coach. Right? Um, go look at, hell. If he climbing. Really t- cli- climbing. Damn good coach. Champion uh, coach. Yeah. But he beat climbing. Yeah, but, yeah. But, you know what I mean? But, like, they, but, but still, you got to be on your A you game against him. Well, and the way he won those games was just kind of giving it to Bijan and giving it to Rojo, which, hey, that's fine. That's a great way to do it. Um, but he won't have that, those cheat codes. Right. He won't have, you know, that luxury next season. And he's going to have to up his game in order for Texas to become a Big 12 t- title contender. So I'm looking forward to it. I do think it's, I know it's in Sark's skill set, and I know it's in Quinn Ewer's skill set. Will it materialize on the field? That's why we play the game. I do believe it will materialize on the field. And I think, too, a lot of these guys are looking at this run of um, what's next for us and wanting that experience. We've talked about Jordan Whittington coming back and talking about the only thing I don't have, I need to get that Big 12 championship. Mm -hmm. I need to make sure that we're playing for that Big 12 championship. So the mindset is something that I'm excited about. But, again, it's all a matter of what we're going to see on the field. Got to get to the field to see it. But if pro football focus, who I have a little bit of discrepancy with every once in a while, (laughs) I know we're going to talk about that in just a minute, (laughs) talks about our offensive line. You talk about the fact of what is expected from Quinn yours. And, of course, you talk about Coach Sark and the play play calling ability that needs to adjust in the second half. Let's see what happens there. Uh, Yeah, and this is something that – if it if it wasn't a strength for Texas, it it could cause a regression. But everybody also is expecting the Texas offensive line this year to take a leap mm-hmm. um, in development. And it's because you had a lot of young, a lot of youth and inexperience on that line last year. You had two freshmen starting, and you bring back the entire offensive line. So uh, Pro Football Focus helped out twenty four seven Sports via I think his name is Grant Hughes, and he ranked the top ten returning offensive lines in the country based on the Pro Football Focus Advanced Analytics. And um, just giving you the top 10 real quick, starting at 10. He's got Utah at 10, the Utes. K-State at 9, that's Mm -hmm. dangerous. He's got Penn State at 8, LSU at 7, Notre Dame at 6, Oregon State at 5. He's got Bama. Texas will face Bama early on in the season at number four. Um, and they they do – their left tackle, though, is a bit of a question mark. And mm-hmm. that, to me, that's, that's the anchor of your offensive line usually. Um, so they do bring back, I think, three starters on the offensive line, but they don't really know who their left tackle is going to be. Uh, that can be a problem. they got a competition there. Uh, at number three, they have the Texas Longhorns. Mm-hmm. On, behind only the Georgia Bulldogs, the defending uh, national champions, and the Michigan Wolverines, who are – the uh, they are defending Joe Moore award-winning offensive line, which is basically the award given to the best offensive line in the country as a unit, as a group. So, Harz, they got Texas third best offensive line returning in the country. Uh, big part of that being you know Kelvin Banks, of course, probably the biggest part of that because uh, last year he made a lot of money as a freshman, and if he can, if he's going to improve, I mean. <laughs> 
it's going to be scary how good he's going to be in just a couple of years. I can't wait. Uh, he faced <laughs> he faced Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, Will McDonald, and Felix and Udike Uzoma. They were all first round picks, and when he faced those players, uh, he allowed zero sacks, four pressures, and zero penalties. In all. And zero penalties. Zero penalties. In all, he allowed just 12 pressures and four sacks on the season as a true freshman. Uh, big things expected out of him. Christian Jones had a really good season, allowed only 12 pressures and three sacks. So uh, right now, and, and by the way, a lot of guys behind these younger players like uh, DJ Campbell, mm-hmm. um, uh, a lot of these other players uh, are expected to step up potentially and add even more depth. On that offensive line. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And the fact of the matter is, you still, to your point, he played 858 snaps, Kelvin Banks, that is. We knew when he walked into Mm -hmm. campus, when we heard of his work ethic, we knew that that young man was going to be ready to go and ready to roll. Just didn't know how soon or how late Mm -hmm. he was going to be in the game. But he once he got in there, he entrenched himself. Christian Jones moving the right tackle. That was a big move for him because he was much maligned when he was first playing because everybody was like, why is he on the line? Why is he on the line? And then he wins the job at the right tackle, and everybody's trying to figure out why, why. And then all of a sudden, he goes out there and he plays well. Why aren't they giving those young kids a chance? Uh, Just because this man right here is handling his business and he wants to stay here. So I'm really excited to see what this team can do. Hayden Connor and Cole Hudson are two of the players that Mm. obviously need to improve, and that's where we're looking at the development. Remember, we talked about development and what we've had an opportunity to see, Mm -hmm. and now is another step to see how well this team develops right away. Yeah, it's, um, you know, the offensive line, like I said, they have so much talent they've accumulated. I think they've recruited and signed 12 offensive linemen in the last two classes. We haven't seen the offensive line for Texas this um, robust with depth probably since the mid-2000s. I mean, that's just the reality of it because they got just a ton of really talented guys. um, And the development for Texas, knock on wood, has been really good. Uh, At least last season it was really good. And, you know, to me, that's why, you know, the only there's not a lot of different there's not a lot of factors that could throw off this offense or that could cause it to spiral or, or go off track. You really do have high caliber talent at almost every position yes. on the offense now. And you got a high caliber play caller in Sark. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Other than the running game, that's one thing. Maybe the running game doesn't work as well without Bijan Rojo. And if the offensive line regresses, and like I said, the, the Quinn Ewers and the Sark question is out there too. But yeah, it, right now, right Texas will have one of the most potent and prolific offenses in the country. Uh, speaking of Quinn Ewers, before we get to Harsh Knock Life, um, a shout out to Anwar Richardson. I believe he's the one. Uh, that had this report out there, but he uh, he threw something out there from Orange Bloods uh, over the weekend, and uh, Anwar Richardson's claiming. I, I read you the tweet. He said, "I was told Texas Quinn quarterback Quinn Ewers continues to kill this offseason, uh, to kill it this offseason." Excuse me. Uh, one source described Ewers as "quote shredded" after seeing him recently and said the quarterback has a six pack. There you go, Harch. <laughs> six man pack, putting man. in work. Yeah. Uh, when they put in that work. In addition, yours currently weighs 210 pounds. He was listed at 204 in the spring game. So he's putting on weight, but also got the six-pack. Shredding pack that weight. Got the six-pack. Yeah. In your opinion, will the six-pack make him a better quarterback? No, it's got to be his footwork. <laughs> what, did, what did they say about his footwork? What did they say about his footwork? No, there was no report yeah. from Anwar about the footwork 
Just a lot of talk about the six-pack. That's all I'm looking for. I'm trying to make sure my man got good footwork over there. He's trying to get the summer bod. I get it. Hey, it's going to be at the pool. Oh, going to be at the pool. He's going to be on the lake. He's going to be on the lake. (laughs) All the ladies know who Quinn Ewers is. Cut the mullet off so he's a little more clean-shaven now. Oh, yeah. And, hey, nothing attracts the ladies on the lake like a six-pack. Nothing to see here. Both. Literally, the six-pack, both of them. You have a six-pack with a (laughs) six-pack, and she'll be all over you. So I think that's Quinn Ewers' formula there. So I'm happy he's got the six-pack working good for him no doubt yeah no doubt i'm right. happy to hear that man but i want to see what the footwork looks like you don't give a damn by the six pack no nah. the footwork yeah just all about the footwork all right you means know, he's gonna be able to take care of take a hit uh it means he'll be able to take a hit he got well, yeah, the core, core. Right. yeah Helps out got, the core. that's what i'm saying he'll be able core to take strength, a hit man. there it is man, it's, it's all good make sure, make sure you get them feet working so you can plant yourself to make a good throw. so you would take love handles and a little bit of a gut with awesome footwork Hey, look at Jerry Lorenzen. <laughs> I thought you were going with that Mac Jones picture. <laughs> oh, yeah. Win the title. I probably should have did yeah. that. Going to get Tom Brady early on. Yeah. Now, Tom Brady's a lot more shredded now than he was when he exactly. came into the league. He came in with the, he came in with the work, so they yeah, were ready me, for the work. Give me the gut, the dad bod, and the love handles with the great footwork. And the accuracy. Over the six-pack. Exactly. Sorry, I agree with that's you on good, that one. That's good for a conversation, but uh, <laughs> what happens when he don't throw no touchdown? The Y'all la- going to be mad at him. Hey, the ladies will appreciate uh the bread after you get drafted really high because of your great footwork over the six pack. No doubt. With bad footwork and then you drop in the draft. Exactly. See, yes, Because yeah. go look at uh Will Levin. Will Levin. There you hey, go. Perfect example. <laughs> the good news, the good news is they're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> no, you can't have exactly. both. You can't, can't have both. both. It's That's a lot right. of hard work to keep both. It That's is right. a lot. To keep the but six pack and the footwork. You can't have both. Yeah. If you gotta choose, Quinn, choose the footwork. <laughs> choose the footwork. <laughs> if you're choosing about like, hey, should I do some six inches? Or should I, you know, uh, should I do some ab exercises here? Maybe I'm going to do some planking exercises. No, no, no. Choose footwork instead. Yes. That's that's, what I'm looking for. That's why the better quarterbacks have a little bit of a gut. It's like they had to choose footwork or abs, and they chose footwork. I need my my footwork (laughs) to be right. I agree with you on that, though. I think you're right, Harge. Yep. You know what? Not, I, don't, I don't like that report from Anna Exactly. War. I don't like your report, Anna Richardson. <laughs> you should have reported about foot. Why is he choosing to do abs over footwork? I who need to know about, what the footwork look about, like. Who cares about your abs, Quinn? <laughs> who cares about your abs, man? The ladies. No, to hell with them ladies. <laughs> they will all love you when you touchdowns. win games, throw a touchdown, right. and draft it in the first round. And Both. that's footwork. I like not it. Not abs. I like it. Okay, so we all, we all agree we don't like that report. I don't like that report. I didn't even know what the footwork looked and like. Our, we need another one about that, about that footwork. Right, someone get him some queso. <laughs> some footwork. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, uh, what you got coming up on Hard Stock Life? We're going to talk a little bit of baseball. We got the Longhorns getting ready to play and some milestones that have happened in Major League Baseball as well. Uh, yeah, like this text says, like Dame Lillard said about the Joker, don't get athleticism twisted with body composition. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Texas. Exactly. I <laughs> exactly. All right, we'll be right back with Hard Stock Life. Obaldo Line, 104 down the horn. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike. 
You have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. But in front of y'all, I'm gonna speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a Top of the Chart Tuesday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Hard. You can follow me on Twitter, at Hardball Hard. You can follow my man, Rod Babers, at Rod Babers. And, of course, you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show, and we've actually been enjoying some of your texts that have been coming across. Uh, A lot of people are saying that they're not happy about that report on his abs either. They were like, I want to make sure that we win games, so I don't care about no six-pack. Let's make that happen. Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. Did you just say it was Tuesday? I said I thought. Oh, I sure did. <laughs> I sure hey, did. Hey, man, we all want it to be Tuesday. Oh, this gracious. Well, man, how did I skip a whole you Monday? the whole day. I was like, I, uh, I was like, it's Tuesday? Excuse me. Uh, smooth Soul Monday <laughs> edition of Ball Don't Lie. I felt like some of those songs felt like they were at the top of the chart. That's right. <laughs> there you go. That's Probably what we're talking been. about. Yeah, smooth yeah. Soul Monday. You were, just, you were just trying to trick all of us into not showing up in a few days. <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, you were yeah, showing up yeah. tomorrow and be like, it's Thursday. And Texas baseball must have won. Oh, that's right. There it is. That means we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff if that goes down. So I appreciate everybody that uh, hits us up on the Specs text line as well. It's been a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of things have been going on in the baseball realm, especially in the college baseball, where everybody's trying to make it to the uh, College World Series. A lot of big games have been going on all weekend. We've had a lot of teams already advance to the regional. I'll get into Wake Forest in just a minute, but Florida advances by winning their Super Regional in Gainesville by beating South Carolina in uh, two games, mm-hmm. 5-4 and 4-0. Uh, Florida gets to the College World Series, and they're another team that has a bunch of guys that are going to expect it to get drafted uh, later on this year. Or, excuse me, later on in the next month or so. Uh, Clarksville, Virginia. Um, Virginia beats Duke. They had to go three games. Duke was eliminated. Virginia goes back to the College World Series where they won it not too long ago, as a matter of fact. Virginia's been one of those teams that has started to turn the tide where they are consistently showing up in Omaha. Oral Roberts goes and defeats Oregon in some games that were highly contested. And just like the Texas baseball game, there were some walk-offs that were involved in those situations Mm. where – They weren't expected to win. They were down, and they come back and win. Uh, Oregon takes game one, nine to eight. Oral Roberts wins eight to seven. And then in the elimination game, Oral Roberts wins 11 to six. Oregon was the team that was supposed to win out of there, but Oral Roberts, their their magical season Mm -hmm. continues. Uh, Indiana State was defeated by TCU. TCU advances. They won both games four to one and six to four. And remember, Indiana State was supposed to host that regional, but because they had the uh, Special Olympics that were going on in their home city, they were not going to be able to accommodate everybody. So okay. they gave TCU the the regional, and TCU said, "Thank you, but y'all got to go home." Now. <laughs> so they're going to Omaha. Good job by Coach Sarlos. And remember, they had a spell where they were not playing good baseball early. And getting right hot at the right time. Yep. TCU was the preseason favorite to win the Big 12. Didn't end up winning it, but they got hot at the right time, won the Big 12 tournament, got into the regional, and now they're headed to Omaha. Wake Forest. Woo! 
That's crazy, man. They beat the snot out of Alabama in a one versus sixteen uh, super regional. Wake mm. Forest wins the first game five to four. Yeah, but the second game they beat them twenty two to five, <laughs> and I mean home run after home but run nine after of them? home. Yes, home run after home run. And here's something too. I looked at this just a little while ago in the Wake Forest regional. They outscored their opponents. With between the regional and the super regional, they've outscored their opponents sixty-four to sixteen. Sixty-four to sixteen. They became LSU was the number one team for most of the year. Wake Forest took that over near the end of the season, and now they look every bit of it. And here's the caveat to all of that: the winner of tonight's game between um, Stanford and Texas. Plays Wake Forest in the first round of the of the College World Series. They're on the same side, and so that's who they get. So the winner of this game will play the hottest, maybe the best team (laughs) in the postseason. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Thanks. And shout out to um, Baton Rouge. They are Mm. ready to turn up over there. LSU beat Kentucky first game fourteen to nothing. Second game eight to three. Paul Skeens looked immaculate. He, too, pitched mm. a lot of pitches, and people were mad about Paul Skeens. Skeens don't care. He wants to win, and that's what it was all about. So he goes out there and pitches his best. And then yesterday, Dylan Cruz being Dylan Cruz, the uh, prohibited favorite to be the number one overall draft pick, was walked mm. three times, came up in a situation where there was runners in scoring position, and what does he do? Hit a double, drive in all the runs. So that is what you do Clutch when me. you're projected to be one of those big-time players. The last two teams that need to get in, Texas Longhorns. That's right, I said it, Texas Longhorns. And I'm going to go with Tennessee tonight. I think they're going to beat Southern Miss. Southern mm. Miss and Tennessee, I think Tennessee wins that game. Tennessee lost game one, 5-3, to three, but then they came back and won game two, and now uh, eight to four, and now they will take on uh, Southern Mississippi tonight at five o'clock on ESPN two. I was just trying to make sure because all the times are listed in yeah, Eastern I mean, time. Say, yeah, so yeah. Decipher different it, time translated. Zones. That's right. Because <laughs> don't forget, Texas is on the other coast, and their time is different as well. So we're sitting here trying to figure that out. But a lot of great baseball is being played, and I know a lot of people are still talking about. The pitch count on uh, Quinn Matthews yesterday. If Quinn Matthews wanted to come out of the game, he would have been taken out of the game. Quinn Matthews did not want to come out because he didn't know what was left in his bullpen because he saw what happened where guys were having trouble throwing strikes, and he decided that he did not want to participate in that. So I'm staying in the game, and I'm Mm -hmm. making things happen. And I want to change change the subject for just a little bit. Um, Andrew McCutcheon. If you've been paying attention, he was a pirate, and he's been moved around, played with different teams, but now he's back being a pirate, and he collected his 2,000th hit uh, the other night. And I just want to talk about this just a little bit because, for me, watching some of these young men go out there and chase their dreams and being a part of it, and we're hearing all these stories, and Andrew McCutcheon loved the city of Pittsburgh, and the Mm. city of Pittsburgh loved him. And he got a chance to go back there. He is uh, five home runs away from being just the 19th uh, player in history, in history, of 1,000 runs, 2,000 hits, 10,000 RBIs, 300 home runs, and two Hundred stolen bases. Wow. Nine of the current 18 players are in 
the Hall of Fame. Oh, that's I, a good stat. Yeah, and I believe I like that. that he is definitely a player that will be in the Hall of Fame. Hmm. I think he's he's been very, very talented. He's been a major part of that city's success. When they decided to turn it around, when, the, when they started struggling and losing all those games, he was part of that group that decided, nah, we're about to make some history. And they started playing well. And then he came back. And he's just doing his part, being a veteran in that clubhouse, helping these guys out, but most importantly, being that leader that a lot of this young talent Mm -hmm. that they have uh, in that Pirates organization, he keeps talking about it and doing good things as well. That's impressive. That's a great stat. Yeah, I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed with the way his career has gone and what he's been able to do over that Mm -hmm. short period of time. Now, I know a lot of people are asking me what I think about tonight's game. Tonight's game is going to be uh, uh, definitely a situational baseball game. I think if you get runners on the bases early, you bunt them over. You move the ball around. You make Stanford have to make plays every single time. And the top of the lineup, we went through the numbers earlier, and shout out to my man, uh, Occupy Left Field, Mark Pena. Shout out. He posted that the top of the lineup has been in a struggle, and it is 100% true. From the top of the lineup, from one, two, three, and four, they are three of 30. Three of 30 Mm. and not being able to score the runs because when the top of the order is going and gets it going, it's a lot of fun baseball for the Texas Longhorns. It starts with Jared Thomas at the top and goes all the way down to my man uh, Garrett Gilmet. G-Wagon, (laughs) G-Wagon. He's back in uh, Cali, Hmm. and he needs to make sure that he goes out there and does his thing. He's done a great job behind the plate. He had to put in a lot of work last night with uh, my man LeBaron Johnson, LBJ. We were singing his praises last week, but uh, he struggled a little bit to be consistent in the strike zone. And when you're not throwing strikes, it makes it easy for the opposing teams to get certain pitches to where they are. Uh, but shout out to Quinn Matthews, nine innings, eight hits, three runs, three Damn, earned runs, wild. one walk in 16 Ks, 156 pitches. And, Rod, you gave the first pitch strikes, but he threw out of 156 pitches, he threw 103 pitches for strikes. And his swing and miss rate was mm. off the chart because that changeup, he could throw it on any part of the of the strike zone, and he could throw it in any uh, count. That's, crazy, That's the part that people, oh, man, why are we chasing that? I'm like, they were thinking it was a fastball count. He got a changeup. <laughs> he was able to throw that anytime he wanted to. And like when you can go from 93 to 80 from the left side, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. He had a great game yesterday. What can paint any color? Man. Both sides. Both sides. Got four pitches he can throw. And all of them at X, right? But basically, he's excellent at throwing. How rare is that to be excellent at throwing four pitches? That, I mean, sometimes you just got it that day. Mm. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you you lean on certain pitches, and I felt like hey. he was leaning on that changeup more okay. than anything. That changeup was deadly because it looks like, like a fastball. Mm. And he was dropping it from 10 to 13 mile per hour difference. Because if you as soon as you sit on that changeup and he you got two strikes and he mm-hmm. run that fastball in on you, mm-hmm. that fastball actually looks like it's, it's coming in ninety three, but it looks like it's coming in ninety nine. You're right. 
Yeah. And then if you can't identify, it's too late once you identify exactly. what it it's is. Like, oh, you're like, it oh, off. That's why you look you look all clumsy. And you saw you it. saw yeah. a couple of those swings yeah. yesterday where guys <laughs> were looking for that changeup and then he ran a uh, fastball in on him, almost handcuffed himself a couple times. Yeah, and when you're like you said, when you're dealing like that, your selection is easy as a pitcher. Yeah. Because I'm on everywhere. I'm on <laughs> everywhere. It's all on. <laughs> it's, it was beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah. So hopefully, you know, uh, Texas will be much better at the top of that order. That's a, whew, I cannot believe that. You say three of 30? Three of 30. That's, that stands out considering how, because we talked about this. Remember going into the postseason, I believe it was, they had six players mm-hmm. all batting 300. Over 300. And most, a lot of those guys at the top of the order. They were. <laughs> yeah, one through six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, come on, guys. But the bottom of the order was doing their job. They were hitting the ball hard, putting the ball in play, making the defense work. Mm. But they got to get it all going tonight. And I know a lot of people are saying he did it all week in I got a chance to watch him pitch. I got a chance to watch Quinn Matthews pitch Man. here at um, the Round Rock Classic. And they pitched. he pitched against um, Arkansas when Arkansas was the number one team in the nation. He pitched so well <laughs> that they were frustrated the entire game. And I was shocked at how effective that young man was that early. Because two years ago, what, he's a freshman. And he was out there dealing. And he's, he's, he's recovery. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like he's like rubber Wolver- band he's man. He's like Wolverine out there. Rubber band man. How's your arm recover? Like he in the last ten days, he's pitched three hundred thirty-six pitches. Three hundred three three thirty. What? The? Yeah. I, I he's taking care of himself. He's doing his thorough band. Yeah, I would love to know what his regimen is. Like you know what he does. A lot recover, of cryo, probably. Yeah. We have a question. Does he have a six pack? Because <laughs> you get it from your car. You get it from your car. He may need it. Right. I don't know. Yeah, you are. I'm not underestimate the uh, impact of the six pack if he's got one. Uh, yeah. All right. Good stuff there, man. Good breakdown. I all loved right. it. All right. We come back. We'll get into off the record. We got some baseball related off the record stuff. Uh, we'll also uh, dive deep into a couple of NBA related off the record topics. So uh, we'll do a little smorgasbord of off the record right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful on the Horn. D.D. Mega Doodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a break the egg comb. Congratulations. Continue good sex in the the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. A couple of off-the-record topics to address really quickly. Okay, guys, um, apparently <laughs> the beatdown the Denver Nuggets put on the Miami Heat was not the only beatdown that happened at Game 4 in Miami because the mascot for the Miami Heat, who they have not revealed this uh, person's name, the mascot is Bernie. They have not revealed the person who actually is in the mascot costume, but he, they had a bit planned with Conor McGregor uh, during, I believe this was the, well, it's, it's one of the intermissions of the game, maybe at halftime, I'm not sure exactly. I'm not sure exactly when he was. Um, oh, actually, he was doing a timeout, 7.35 left in the third quarter, yeah. boom, so that yeah. was the intermission. And, <laughs> and apparently, uh, during one of those intermissions, according to multiple sources, and there's a video of it too, Conor McGregor maybe, I don't know, was overacting and overreacting potentially in this skit that was planned because he hit the mascot so hard 
that the mascot had to be taken to the hospital. Now, in the video, he does hit him twice. He hits him initially, knocks the mascot off his feet. While mascot on the ground on his back, he hits the mascot again mm-hmm. in the face of the mascot costume. So I don't know exactly where he would have hit the person inside of the mascot costume, but he hit him pretty hard. It had to be the face. Well, yeah, he went to the hospital. It says, according to league source, briefed on the matter, the man was given pain medication by the doctor and was sent home and is doing well. But he had to go to the hospital. Is he going to make the trip? Uh, Usually they got more than one person that plays the mascot, I believe. I mean, normally I want to know that I am not a quitter. I'm showing up in the game. But also mascots don't travel all the time. Uh, that's a good point, too. Not because all this is a championship other, version. I, yeah, of. but the other nah, team does not really care about you that much. Yeah, that's So true. the other fan base is going to be like, get out of it. We hate you. Yeah, You're the no, bad guy. There's, there, there's no sideline space for you. Like, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. that's a good point. That's so, how yeah, I, no, he's, that. he's at home convalescing, but like, just close it out. I don't want to go back to work. Oh, man. So uh, Conor McGregor here, gentlemen. How did this happen? Like, how does this happen? Sometimes you— Is this in character that much? Just in character? No, I mean, but come on, man. I mean, we know that you can knock people out. Yeah, your hands are weapons. Uh, yes. They are Registered. weapons. Yes. You could kill a man with your hands. You are not supposed to be striking well, people. Maybe, yeah, I know yeah. it's part of the bit, but when does the bit need to stop? He After did. he falls the first time and then you hit him, that was you don't have to drive through his face through the floor. He did yeah. punch him in the face yes. on the floor. Yeah, I, yes. my guess is that there's a... Massive lack of communication between the the mascot people and Connor's people, and they were like, "Okay, Connor's going to come in, and then he's going to throw a few punches, and <laughs> punches. and then he'll go back." And in their head, they're saying, "Yeah, these are worked punches. You're just gonna, you know, we're gonna play around." And then his people was like, "You know what, Connor, you're going to go in there and punch it." He goes, "Connor goes, okay, I know how to punch people." And at no point did they ever have the conversation, "Hey, man, it's all for show." They didn't rehearse it. I he'll punch me here. Yeah, like, right. and like, like and, how and wrestlers do it. Yeah, like punch me here, not here in the face. Like yeah, that's a good point though. He probably didn't even know where he punched him potentially. Yeah, on the my guess is he's anymore. like he's in the front row, and they're like, "We're gonna call you up. We're gonna do yeah. this a little bit." Because I've seen it. Like the Spurs have done it with with, it with pro wrestlers too. Because like if WWE was gonna be in town, and they have one of the guys come down. Mark Henry's probably done it. Uh, yeah, I think he yeah, has. He has. <laughs> I know. He's, I know he's done it at least with the Rockets. Okay, because I've seen the video of that one, but. I, yeah, but you like the coyote, and they come out, and the coyote come out and try and fight back, and it, but that was, it's normally a it works, but I guess <laughs> getting an MMA guy, but also Miami guys, yeah. don't get an Irish guy right after you beat the Celtics. It's a bad <laughs> image. He's not a Miami guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point too. He's not a Miami guy. I guess he's just a wrestler. I mean, he was wearing a know, red like, outfit. MMA but was, fighter. They probably just. Yeah, probably because I guess you know Mark Henry's not associated with Houston. They had him doing it. So he's like whatever yeah. wrestlers in town or whatever yeah. fighters yeah. in town. Yeah, that's a weird story. Uh, another weird story that happened over the weekend. Hard, you sent this one, and this was crazy too. But it was actually pretty funny. I love the videos that have come out. So the Canadian Open. Yeah. Uh, had had uh, a winner, and it was Adam Hadwin uh, who won the Canadian. Uh, sorry, Nick Taylor won the Nick Canadian Taylor, Open. Yeah. Um, and his friend, uh, fellow Canadian Adam Hadwin, wanted to go celebrate with him after he sunk a 72 foot putt. Beautiful putt. Yeah, it was like a, a magnificent putt. Yeah. To become the first Canadian since 1954 to actually win the Canadian Open. So they're really excited. So this is a big deal in Canada. So the fellow Canadians wanted to celebrate. So Canadian Adam Hadwin runs over, trying to basically with some champagne. He's about to douse him in champagne. Campaign, like, hey, and then the security guard just, I mean, he just goes NFL linebacker on this dude 
and really a nice, nice form tackle. But he tackled him to the ground. Yes. Because he didn't know. Form tackling, trying to protect. Know. He didn't know. He, he could say it could have been anybody, but I mean, he had a bottle of champagne there. I don't know what he was doing. He thought he was uh, a fan. Some of them people over there, you know, some of those yeah, fans. Sure. He probably thought he was a fan, yes. and he didn't know. Yeah. So that's, he's doing his job. You got to take inventory on who are all the people around me. Just, he's doing his you job. You know what I'm saying? Man. He was doing what he was supposed to do. Now, get that man a raise. Get that, <laughs> get that man a raise. He did his job. Didn't let the people get too close. He should have let them know who was with his entourage. Yeah, he probably. I know they got. I love the slow motion video <laughs> yeah, of it too. Exactly because Nick Taylor and he, and his uh, caddy are so offended when he gets the guy gets tackled. But that dude's doing his job. Yes, great job. Yes. So we I, we, I do we love, applauding the security guard. Oh, I, I, I do love. Guard. You know, there's another security guard turned around and was like, "Hey, is that guy supposed to? Oh my god, they just tackled him! <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, am I supposed to be over there? What is happening?" <laughs> oh, I love. Yeah, you're right. I'm sure. I, I wonder. I hope he wasn't. You know, I hope they they didn't. Go after this guy, the security guard, because mm-hmm. he was overzealous and doing his job. Did he, hurt, he didn't hurt the, the question guy. Is, the question is, is it their job to tackle them, or is it their job to alert authorities to tackle them? Well, these days, I would you, you, you don't have I'm time to saying, alert. I'm yeah. just saying, so I know, I know like at clubs and stuff, there's stuff you're allowed to do and stuff you're very much not allowed to do because they'll sue the crap out of the club. They will sue. And yeah. so like, there's stuff where they're like, you're specifically told, do not do this to people. Because we cannot handle the liability of you tackling an innocent yeah. person. Those may be members of our actual club. And yes. you tackling them and stuff. Yes. So he's an idiot. It'll That'd be a be, question yeah. of if that guy was told or if he was just somebody that has been waiting for this day for so long. Uh, Jessica Hadwin, the wife of Adam Hadwin, the guy was tackled. She tweeted out, sorry to leave y'all hanging. Had to get the toddler ready for bed. I'm thrilled to report that uh, Adam Hadwin is still among the land of the living and in true Canadian form. Apologize to the security guard for being tackled. Because I guess he figured I, I was wrong. I shouldn't have been out there. And so he apologized to the security guard. You should be running out there. I'm a friend. <laughs> I'm a friend. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. All right. Uh, we got another author coming up. We'll get into some more hijinks from the uh, sports world and other places. Before we come back, we'll uh, dive back into the NBA Finals, gentlemen, previewing game five of the NBA Finals. It may be a coronation for the new NBA champs. We'll talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.